Welcome to Sling Stones, a podcast with insights for the Christian journey, proudly brought to you by Healing Care Ministries. Before today's show, we'd like to tell you about an event we're hosting in Columbus, Ohio on October 6th through the 9th. This event, titled Transformed, Desire, Beauty, and the Attachment Love of God, is bringing together a rare convergence of key thought leaders representing the fields of Christian theology, modern neuroscience, clinical counseling, inner healing, and spiritual formation. We would love to have you join us in person or online. To find out more or to register, you can go to healingcare.org backslash events and click on the transformed event. We'd love to see you in October. Now here is Terry with this week's episode of Slingstones. So there are statements that are made that could be years, even decades old, that stick in your mind. And whenever they come back up, they cause you to reflect and think again. So that happened to me. I was in Johnstown, Pennsylvania, and just beginning a pastorate there. My goodness, that was 1979. And there were some folks in the church didn't particularly care for me. And I went to visit an elderly couple, and that issue came up. And this elderly woman said this, anyone that does not like you doesn't like themselves. Now, to be honest with you, there are plenty of reasons that I could give people to not like me, but that statement itself really, it stuck. To not like someone else is in part related to the degree to which we like ourselves. And I admit that sometimes as soon as we go down this road and we talk about it, people wonder if we're being too narcissistic. Is it a focus on what could be called navel-gazing, looking at ourselves rather than looking out to others and looking to God? But I think it's important for us to have this conversation, at least this morning. I've been reflecting on the words of our Lord Jesus when he said that we are to love the Lord our God with all our heart, strength, and mind, and that we are to love our neighbor as ourselves. Now, it's the first two admonitions that I really have spent a lot of time thinking about and teaching, even preaching about, and that is how to love the Lord your God with all your heart, mind, soul, and strength. That's very important to be passionate about God, to be completely committed to God, And then what does it mean to love your neighbor? Certainly reflect back on the story of the Good Samaritan when Jesus told that. But it's that last phrase that it kind of drops off. I've never spent a whole lot of time thinking about it, and I'm not sure others have. But what if it's the last phrase that's the key to fulfilling the first two admonitions? What if you can't come to the place to love and accept yourself And because of that, it impacts the degree to which you're fully committed to God and fully able to care about someone else. I I think this is worthy of our attention. I, I don't think this is about a narcissistic love where we see ourselves as the center of the universe. I think it's about a an agape has said kind of love that is filled with compassion, that is willing to accept ourselves as we are. You know, this this always brings to mind the teachings of Bernard of Clairvaux, and I know I've mentioned this before, but it, it does rise within me today. 
He talked about this, these categories of love, and he said that most of the time, it all starts with loving ourselves for ourselves. We love ourselves in order that we can get the benefit out of it. And then he talks about the fact that we can move a little bit and we begin to love God, but we often love God for ourselves because we think that in loving God, we are going to get things. It's that whole sugar daddy motif that if we love God, he, he takes care of us in every particular way and that if we, then he uh, formula begins to work on us. But Bernard of Clairvaux then, he challenged us to go to a deeper form of love and he talked about the fact that there's a time in which we have to love God for God. We get caught up in who he is and his generosity and his kindness and his caring. And as a result of that, our hearts are full of him and we love him. But it's that last category again that kind of grabs us because he said there comes a time in which we have to love ourselves for God. Boy, this, this is very familiar to the teachings of Evagrius and Thomas Merton, Thomas Kempis, and others who talk about the fact that if we don't know God, we don't know ourselves, and if we don't know ourselves, we can't know God, and that there's this relationship between self-awareness that really becomes the ground of God-awareness and that God-awareness enhances our own self-awareness. How do I love myself for God? Now, I have to admit that I still wrestle with a lot of self-judgment and self-contempt. I fall and skin my knee and I end up being rather punitive and withholding toward myself. And I bring up to myself the things I've done in the past, and I get into this cul-de-sac, if you will, going into a circle and not being able to get out as I think about all that I am not. And yet as I'm thinking about that, it's almost a very selfish act because it's all about me and I don't end up being aware of other people and who they are and what they're about. And therefore, I'm not fulfilling the admonition of the Lord. And so let's just think about this again to, to ask it a second or third time. Is there a relationship between self-acceptance, self-awareness, even self-examination, self-surrender, if you will, and be able to love the Lord our God with all our heart, mind, soul, and strength, and being able to love our neighbor as ourselves. Could it be that this elderly woman who said to me, if they don't like you, they don't like themselves, that there's a spiritual principle there? That if I'm not able to see the dignity of God in another, it could be related to the fact that I can't see the dignity of God within myself. I think that's a very, very worthy consideration. And I know that for many of us, we're, we're kind of afraid of that for fear that we get caught into a very unhealthy form of narcissism. But Jesus said it, love your neighbor as you love yourself. And there seems to be a very important admonition there that we would love ourselves. And so let's just talk a little bit about that. Part of it, I think, means Again, coming back to the fact that we've got to accept our whole story. 
And we often feel so unsafe in life that we don't want to either tell our whole story, but also even reflect upon our whole story. And yet, it's our whole story that got us to this point with every success and every failure, every mountain peak and every value, valley, it gets us there. There's, there's this combination of weakness and wonder that is part of us and the ability to accept that and to accept the fact that we need a savior because we are weak. I mean, this is the essence of what Paul was writing about, particularly in the book of Galatians, when he talks about the fact that Jesus did it all for us because we couldn't do it for ourselves. We just couldn't. And until we accept that, we're not able to truly rejoice and embrace the fullness of grace. I mean, think of the pride that wells up when we begin to think that we can do something about our own sinfulness. We can do something about our own weakness. When in fact, it's all about surrendering to the grace of Christ and what he has done. We don't add to what Jesus has done. We simply receive what Jesus has done. And to do that, we we simply have to accept the weakness and wonder of our own story. We need a savior. And accepting that fact is very, very important. It also has to do with the issue of finding our identity in Christ. Now, we've talked about this so many times, and I wrote a book on this called Identity Matters, but it comes back to that over and over again is, are we aware of who we are in Christ? Is being a child of God the foundation of who we are? Now, I know there's a lot of emphasis, for example, on the importance of me forgiving others. That's a great Christian principle. It needs to happen. But do we recognize that that principle has to apply to ourselves also, that as children of God, we need to be forgiving of ourselves. Not just accepting of ourselves, but forgiving of ourselves that we have to invest in self-care, that we want to see the gifts that God has placed within us come to the surface so that we can then offer it as service to a broken world. Self-awareness, who we are in Christ, becomes the foundation, if you will, of serving others. Isn't that in part what was going on in John 13? The scripture basically says Jesus knew who he was, where he was going, and so he picks up a towel and a basin and he serves. And it begins with this idea is he knew who he was. And secure there, he was able then to serve. Isn't that part of this notion of loving ourselves? Letting the virtues and values of the kingdom not only being to be expressed to our neighbor and the people in this world, but let those virtues and values be expressed to us. Grace, mercy, forgiveness, generosity, care. And as I taste of that, does it not then translate into a greater desire 
to give glory to God and to praise him and be consumed by him and also to care about my neighbor. I think that's what's being said in this scripture. You see, I think it's out of this that loving our neighbor really comes to bear because we're no more involved in competition and comparison with anyone. We can lay it all down because we now know that we're made in the image of God. And that's enough. And it becomes so much enough that we don't have to think about it anymore as we reach out to others. And could it be then that self-contempt and self-judgment, self-rejection, it ends. And as it ends within us, it then can end in the way we relate to other people. I think this is the way Jesus was. And I think with God's strength and with God's help, we can let him do this within ourselves. So I guess the question begins with, how accepting are you of you? Your weakness and your wonder. Do you exercise forgiveness toward yourself, grace and generosity? God wants you to. God wants you to be toward yourself the way he is toward you. And then it begins to translate in the way you are to other people. There are so many ways in which the kingdom of God seems like an upside-down kingdom. And boy, this is one of those principles. But if we're ever going to love the Lord our God with all our heart, mind, soul, and strength, and love our neighbor, there's a degree to which we have to ask God, help me show compassion and care to myself in order that I can better serve the principles of the kingdom. How about thinking about this? Go to the text, look at it. What if it's the last phrase that is the key to everything else? <laughs>